everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio, featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player and a D3 all-star use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about anything but. Now here's John and Tex. Hey, welcome to another episode of Power Athlete Radio, where we don't only melt faces, we break hearts, and hopefully answer a lot of good questions and good information. And we are coming up on a very, very treacherous time of the year, the holidays. And we decided to do a nutrition podcast helping you navigate the pitfalls of the holidays. We find that a lot of people are usually pretty good in training, a little bit of reduced workload. Things are slowing down here. Uh, And, you know, uh, there's going to be holiday parties. You got uh, Christmas. You got Thanksgiving. You have New Year's. You have all these things. Travel. You have all these things that are providing pitfalls for the nutrition uh, realm. So we decided to bring Sam and Rob, our nutrition ninjas, onto the podcast to help us navigate some questions and put some strategies together to help you, the listener, navigate this extremely treacherous time of year, the holidays, where things go off the rails. Maybe you, you gain a couple belt loops or uh, belt notches in the old belt. I don't, I don't even wear a belt. Wear a belt. God damn it. God damn it. It's like you're reading my mind. Um, but this is a, this is a big problem. And I think, uh, a big part of it has always been like a switching of the mindset. Like everybody's going to go this way. We go this way. So guys, thanks for coming on power athlete radio. Great to be well, here. Thanks for having us. Cool. So, uh, you know, you guys do a lot of one-on-one nutrition coaching. You work with a ton of people. Can you help me understand, uh, the psychology that's going into this time of year and what people should be expecting and more importantly, let's put some strategies together to help them navigate these pitfalls in this treacherous time of year. Yeah, it's really shocking or not so shocking anymore because it comes, it's been coming up the last five years. Um, people fear like Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. Um, and my response is it's one day. So as long as you don't drag it out into. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or eat all the Christmas cookies in your office for a month, you will survive a day of indulging. Um, But I get, I mean, we just had Thanksgiving and the amount of emails I had that, you know, wanted to talk strategy on, hey, how do I eat during this time? Or I'm traveling, like you said. Um, So that's something that Rob and I are doing a lot of right now is coming up with individualized strategies to not be fearful of the holidays. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I think, you know, people just need to realize, hey, it's you're going to be less time. Um, there's going to be more opportunities to kind of be pulled off the rails. And like Sam said, you just, you know, really just try to keep it to one day. And I think, you you know, you, you just have to manage um, how you look at the holidays. Understand it's also not the the day of Thanksgiving, the day of Christmas, the day of New Year's or the evening of New Year's Eve. It's really the 11 and a half months before. Like if you were pretty good during those, you don't have, you really have less to worry about during the holidays. Um, But, you know, you just have to really understand what you're walking into and then having some plans to get through it all. And I think one of the big plans is when you do go to anything, concentrate on the protein. Like mm-hmm. just hit the protein, grab some vegetables, and then you're going to be a little bit more filled up so that you're not maybe throwing down a whole half a dozen or more of cookies and 
things like that. So rice crispy treats. Well, what about like making a bit of a bargain? Power Athlete Nation want to take one minute to remind you why Power Athlete is performance for the people. We love the garage shimmer. We love the athlete that is taking their performance into their own hands. We offer eight different strength and conditioning programs reverse engineered from common goals like getting jacked, becoming more athletic, or introducing the barbell for the first time. To learn which program is best for you, head to powerathletehq.com training. If you're an enthusiast, a parent, or a professional coach, we also offer education. At academy.powerathletehq.com, learn the method to the madness, the Power Athlete methodology, and a hell of a lot more. Next up, shop.powerathletehq.com. Hoodies, tees, sweats, shorts, you name it, we got it, including posters. You put this up in your garage gym, you're staring at it underneath the bar, I guarantee that you're going to add 10% to your next rep max. And finally, you can check us out on YouTube. We're dropping movement demonstrations, going through our setup and execution of the finer movements found on all of our Power Athlete training programs and cutting clips of this podcast that you're listening to right now. So if you want to share in this experience with your lifting buddies, go ahead, seek out Power Athlete on YouTube. And now, back to the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Like I always felt like, uh, you know, like you said, you, you hit it on the head, you know, focus on the protein protein's extremely satiating. It's hard to overeat on it. Uh, but the, the kind of navigating the pitfall of like drinking versus sweets. So like that's, Mm -hmm. I kind of say like, Hey, like select one of like, if you want to have a bunch of drinks, just don't eat the cakes or the pies or, you know, stay away from desserts. If you decide and want to abstain from alcohol, then you go on the other side, which is funny because my wife and I always make that. She's like, ah, I'm like, I'd rather have a couple of drinks than have dessert. And she's mm-hmm. like, I would rather have dessert than a couple of drinks. I'm like, perfect. Then you become the designated driver and uh, I'll have a bunch of drinks. So like, that's been always a deal where I would rather have one or two drinks or maybe uh, an eggnog or an old fashioned or something and eat my dinner opposed from like sitting there and, you know, sampling all these different pies. So being able to give somebody a suggestion in that, uh, my biggest deal is like, don't do both. Because if you have drinks, you eat some protein, and then you go to dessert, believe me, you're not stopping at one piece of pie. You know, the yeah. alcohol reduces the inhibitions, and next thing you know, you're like, oh, I just ate this whole pie. So don't do both. If you're going to go into the into the realm of sweets and desserts and all that, go in fully armed. Don't go in with, uh, your, with uh, reduced inhibitions. I like yeah, Rob's strategy. Eat so much protein. <laughs> That I can't consume dessert. Uh, have you ever been too full for dessert? Yes. No. But I I'm going to use Rob's excuse. <laughs> uh, dude, I watched I watched my kids stuff themselves on turkey. And that was like, there's no way these kids are going to be able to dessert. All of a sudden, dessert, they were like, there's, there's they started literally poking to a side. Found like, some room. Oh, I found some room right here. I get like, <laughs> there's no fucking way. And, uh, yeah, those little bastards ate it. The, yeah, I'm most concerned about the, the travel. Like uh, hitting the road, hitting the flights. So like packing a lunch, I can do that on the way, but it's always the coming back. Are you, are you going to Virginia for Christmas? Uh-huh. Nice. Yep. Um, spending time up there. Ugh. Yeah. Sister's too good of a, a baker. Terrible cook. Glad <laughs> I got that on the record. I'm going to take over some of the, the meat preparation, the protein prep while I'm there. Contribute to the household versus just sitting there and watching football. Just sitting there and be like, 
like like just just like uh, taking the drink and just clanking the empty uh, uh, cubes around, being like, I need another one. This is empty. My brother used to follow his playbook, but I'm taking a more proactive role. So you feel that you're ready to take the mantle, and that you feel like you know you can effectively, you know, cook the proteins. This is a huge step for you. Well, the ham is a huge step. Turkey conquered, steaks conquered, ham. I know what I'm going to do. Uh, well, you bake them. Bake ham. Yeah, you usually bake the ham. You usually put ever... like what, like pineapple rings on it. Uh, you know what? There's a bunch of ways to do hams. Uh, the way we used to do it when I was growing up is, um, uh, I remember my dad would. Uh, I, f- I think it was like he would make like um, like a mixture of like I want to say it was like some sugar, salt, and honey, and he would like put yeah. it on the night before and then put it in the fridge and then pull it out and then we would take cloves. Like like full like a I don't know if you know like a clove is like it's got a little point in it, and we would actually put the cloves yeah, and literally cover the entire turkey with like ham or sorry a ham with cloves, and then we would paint that back on and then we would bake it, and this is like pre honey baked ham, and then we just figured out that the honey baked ham store did it way fucking better than us, <laughs> and uh, and then we would just go there and buy the honey baked ham. I like the pressure. Ah, uh, yeah, but it was going to be thing- my suggestion. Yeah, you know what? Like, go buy the honey baked ham. So, <laughs> this is the problem. Everybody has tried to cook a ham and it's come out like, oh, it's okay. And then you have the honey baked ham and you're like, fuck. Like, there's, I, I, uh, I've never had a store bought uh, turkey. Like, I've never gone anywhere and had a turkey that I felt was better than my turkey. I've never cooked a ham that was anywhere close to a honey baked ham. And anytime For you sure. bring the honey baked ham, People are like, ooh, so the honey baked ham? You're like, yeah, they're the only fucking ham game in town. <laughs> and it's fucking unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like the way it crystallizes, god damn it, honey baked ham is well, good. Part of this strategy is actively participating. I'm not going to be tempted to just sit there and consume. Because it's real easy watching football and just, just eating a whole honey baked ham? More. <laughs> yeah. Or just convincing my nephews, hey, this plate is empty. Go fill it up. <laughs> Here's a dollar. Uh, how old are they? Seven and five. Oh, uh, perfect age. To go get me another beer. Yeah. That's exactly why I have to remove myself from that situation. Like, Or what you could do is just uh, get the honey-baked ham as a backup, cook the other ham, and then have a taste test and then realize... I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. I've cooked many. And lied a ham. to my nephews. I've had, I made this one. I've, had, I've cooked many a ham, <laughs> yeah. and, and Rob, I'm sure, has cooked a ham as well. And uh, it never comes out. Whereas, uh, like, I don't know what they did, but they perfected that ham to the point where, like, and it's perfectly comes off, perfectly sliced. It's pre-sliced. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's like glaze, whatever that glaze is that they put on it. That's what makes it. Yeah, that place. Talk about a, a home run. What a what a what an incredible business. Just selling hams. Uh-huh. Although I like Texas strategy of going through the process of cooking the ham. But then presenting the honey baked ham like that was you my did idea. that. That was my idea. <laughs> oh, that was I, your idea? Yeah, okay. Throw it out. Uh, right. Dude, no. I, I'm not kidding you. I've done this exact experiment where I was like, you know, I'm going to do my own ham. And uh, I've done I've done turkey. I've done pheasant. I've done duck. I've never cooked duck well. Every duck I've come out has been a complete fucking disaster. Um, I've deep fried turkeys. I've smoked turkeys. I've done them in like huge crock pots. I mean, I've done turkey every which way. We've done hams. I've done prime row. I mean, I do. I've cooked just about anything, and ham is one of those that uh, it's real hit or miss. And I've never done very well, or at least when I consider honey baked ham being the uh, like the gold standard. The gold standard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember when that place opened, or at least when we found it. I was probably like 
maybe like 10, 12, 13 years old. I remember we went somewhere and we had it and I was like, dad, that's way better than our ham. He's like, yeah, we're never, <laughs> we're never cooking a ham again. Well, how about sides? Because <laughs> sweet potatoes can get pretty unhealthy. So what are some alternatives to where we can double dish? That's what I'm going to have to do with my family because my brother-in-law, my brolo El Cañado, that's Spanish for brother-in-law, is a sugar bear. Oh, yeah. Well, so I need two don't put uh, mar- um Don't put marshmallows on them. So Step gross. One. So, so that's like a Southern thing. I, I never really oh. bought into that, but like, uh, so my kids are obsessed with that. So like when we make the sweet potatoes, my wife has to put marshmallows on on half of it. Cause I won't eat it with marshmallows. And like, but that's yeah. like a Southern thing. I think at least it was, I, we I have never it up seen in it Indiana. I don't know. It's like sliced sweet potatoes with butter, brown sugar and marshmallows. And I didn't even taste it this year. Cause I just know I don't like it. So what we do is sweet potatoes. I'm a savory kind of gal. Uh, I mash them up, um, and then we do like salt and like I want to say brown sugar, and almost make like a casserole with uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, pecans, and then pecans. like yeah. mix it, or pecans, 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 pecans. You say, and then make this big casserole, and then my wife will put marshmallows, and I'll be like, "Why are you putting the marshmallows?" And I had never seen that until I went to Thanksgiving dinner at John Runyon's house, and his wife's from Texas. And I brought like this big thing. I like my bitch and sweet potatoes. And she started putting marshmallows on there. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? You're why, are you, why are you putting marshmallows on there? And she's like, that's what we do in Texas. So I figured it's just maybe a Southern Texas thing. I think it's wet, uh, west of the Mississippi and then just stops at the Rocky Mountains. Yeah, nobody in California does that. That's not a California thing. Uh, the other one, too, which um, I actually got from J.D. Cafaro is uh, getting little pumpkins. And what I'll do is I'll quarter a little pumpkin um, I put it in the oven and I bake it with like salt and olive oil and I get it to be real soft and then I pull all the meat out, mix it all up and then it's uh, a little bit of butter and jalapeno uh, ground up Ooh. and then I mix that up and then you throw it back in the oven, you bake it and that's uh, 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 this uh, kind of buttery, spicy jalapeno pumpkin that I do. Ooh, I like that. That sounds I, good. I, I might have to write that recipe down now that I think I about think, it. Yeah, I you think what we're that. developing here is a series of blog over the next few weeks that will empower the power athletes that are taking hold of the kitchen. I could. Uh, yeah, this is our first Christmas too. Oh, We're not going anywhere. Nice. So it's going to be uh, Southern Pines Christmas. <laughs> Better get that camera ready. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um, I was like, uh, like we've done, man, like the. We've done turkeys for Christmas. You know, there's always a Christmas ham. I feel like now my new thing is, uh, or not the new thing, but what I always enjoy is prime rib. Like prime That's rib is now always my Christmas thing. Yeah. So we always yeah. did uh, prime rib for uh, New Year's. Like we always okay. did a New Year's uh, dinner prime rib, and I think this year I'm gonna do Christmas. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. But um, this year for Thanksgiving, so I'm kind of a hermit on Thanksgiving. I want to cook and eat. Uh, my wife likes to have people over, or go somewhere. And so my deal is if, um, cause she's like, Hey, we're going over to our next door neighbor, Kathy, who owns the barn. Uh, she invited us over. And, uh, so my wife's like, Hey, we're going to go over to Kathy's for Thanksgiving. And my wife knows that my deal is, uh, if we get invited to go somewhere for Thanksgiving and I've never been there before, and I don't necessarily know what the spread is going to look like, I have to make my own Thanksgiving and bring it with us. And then I do the Pepsi challenge. So genius. So I show up with my own Turkey. We cooked everything and I showed up. And you know what? Like she had her turkey, everything. I put mine right next to hers for the Pepsi challenge. And uh, she did oh hers God. in this big like crock pot, uh, like kind of like slow cooker deal. And I did mine smoked. 
and I like cut it right next to it. And I put, um, I made um, uh, cornbread the night before in that big Dutch boy. Mm-hmm. And then I made cornbread stuffing, stuffed the bird with it with uh, apples and oranges, stuffed everything, sealed it all up, smoked it for like four hours with mesquite. <laughs> the pictures uh, looked amazing. Yeah, it looked nuclear, dude. It was unreal. Um, so then had my stuffing out, put my turkey next to hers. And of course, like everybody walked by and it was funny because all the dudes stopped and like, is this smoked? And like took my turkey and then they were like, is this cornbread stuffing? Like took it and I was like, it is. I like well, I like looked at her. And I so was like, you just stood stood behind the table, just <laughs> yeah. I totally did, and I served people. And this dish we have, and I even brought my own knife because uh, oh. I don't try. I had like Neil Kamamura made me a knife for my anniversary, and so I'm over there slicing my turkey, and I'm serving people, and I'm just watching. And at the end, my turkey was almost gone, and so uh, in terms of Pepsi challenge, I have. But if I've never been to your house. I don't know what you roll with. I don't know because I've been fooled before. I've gone. I've been invited over to people's houses that don't take Thanksgiving as seriously as I do in terms of like the food and the prep and the whole deal. And you get over there and it's just kind of a lackluster experience. So having that happen to me before, I'm like, you know what? If I've never been there before, you know the deal. My wife totally is like, I know the deal. Don't worry. We'll make our own stuff. We'll bring it over and we'll do the Pepsi challenge. And so now she left and she's like, would you feel comfortable going to their house again? I said, yeah. They, she did a great job. Great cook. Everything was really good. Uh, I would feel comfortable going there without cooking. But my wife also made her own pies. Um, so my wife made all her own pumpkin pie. She made a chocolate pie. She did a bunch of stuff too. So I, 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 like, I like there's not that many people you're going to invite to Thanksgiving that show up with a turkey. Well, I want to be that guy. I understand bringing your own desserts. That's formal. Bringing some wine, some alcohol. But the new thing, like, shit, man, I'm down. I'll bring turkeys anywhere and then have a challenge with said cook. Yeah. And you don't even tell them. You just show up and you put yours right next to theirs. And you just put like an A, like you take a a little flag and put like an A and a B. (laughs) And then you hand people at the end of the night like note cards. And you're like, just put a box of A and B, which you like better for the turkey. I'm going to count them. And then we're going to have a secret victory. Friendsgiving, doubled down on turkeys, smoked and traditional oven. The smoked on a Weber grill, that was the the clear winner on this. And... uh, but I, I still got to do double turkeys. We had 18 and I learned something. And this is very important listeners. This is an observation from a recent Curb Your Enthusiasm and my Friendsgiving experience. You need a middle. So we had 18 people at Friendsgiving. The middle, anyone could sit wherever they wanted, was taken up by an interesting, challenging, weird individual. And then on the other side of the middle was a physical therapist. So those guys are super smart in their own right, but you got no personality. This wasn't Matt Zanis. It was another individual. <laughs> so the middle, we had the tables cut in half. I couldn't tra- – I was at the head of the table. I couldn't talk down to the other half of the table because the conversation was walled off. So then I'm two of my very uh, extroverted pals were unable to attend, and they were – in previous years, the middles. Uh, so they can, it's one high school buddy and then one of our former co-workers, yeah. they can translate the messages from head of the table down and back and we could all immerse 20 well, people in one conversation. Well, Here it was cut in half and dude, it hurt. Well, the great <laughs> thing about like Luke Summer's dream is to be the conduit. That's, I mean. Like that's like on his tombstone, the conduit. Like he wants to be in the action. He wants everything. He wants to be the bottleneck of the conversation. So you got to have a conduit guy. You can't have a just like wall of China guy. Uh-huh. So it was, <laughs> I could feel it 
at my Friendsgiving. And then Curb just came out with this episode where they, it was a big deal. They called out the middle. And it was that awkward, like, you are ruining this dinner. And then they train, they repositioned people at the table. If that episode had come out one week earlier, you would have fixed I would it. have freaking blown up the whole meal. Now, here's and the thing. Did you allow them to select their own seats or was it pre-sent? Uh, it was, it was sit wherever. Ah, so what you got to do, you got to take the bull by the horns. Literally, that really happened. Uh huh. And you got to put out play, uh, placards like place cards. I've learned, I've learned yeah. my lesson. Hey, being like, Hey, your, your name is in front of where I want you to sit. There is an art to hosting a party and each year I learned just a little bit more and that's it. Taking control of the seating chart. Did, uh, was uh, two turkeys enough for 18 people? Well, here's the deal. Year two last year, not enough. Mm. Year three, primarily birds at the uh, at the dinner table. Some female power athletes didn't eat as much as my normal mm. attendance. Mm. My two extroverts, my conduits mm. would have crushed it, but they weren't there to consume, so I had plenty of leftovers. Mm. Um, well, thanks to Levi, we would have also positioned Levi Garrett. Shout out to. Uh, Put him in the middle. Well, I'll tell you, Levi is a, uh, he can cook. I I know Uh we've had enough conversations about cooking for me to know he's pretty switched on. So I know he he did a good job in that Weber, which he was funny. He's like, I've never cooked a turkey in a Weber grill. And what's wild is uh, that's the only way I knew how to cook a turkey because we had a Weber grill. We cooked ham. We cooked turkey. We cooked everything on charcoal uh, when I was good, when I was a kid. And then my dad at some point, I think, was like, fuck this, I ain't doing this, and just made my mom cook it. And so oh, it was a lot of work, and we were we were taking a lot of risks, well, throwing one, a lot of Hail Marys. There was a lot of management. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's the secret to, to, to smoking a turkey, if you guys are want to know what it is, there are these uh, little, um, there's this, um, God, what's it called? Um, mm-hmm. Well, I've, I'll, yeah, it, but basically what it is, it's a thermometer that goes in the bird. And then it shoots out a signal that comes to an app on your phone where you can uh, mm. gives you the exact temperature. So what I do is I know uh, for my bird at 325, indirect heat, it's going to be 18-pound bird. is going to be just under four hours. So it's about 12, minutes, 12, 13 minutes a pound on a stuffed bird. And so I can pretty much like see exactly where it is and I can time it perfectly. The only problem, though, that I made a little bit is I didn't calculate in travel time because you want your bird at 165. So I pulled it at 160. Yeah wrapped it up and we had to travel and it was a little bit overcooked by the time we got there if Mm. i would have pulled it at 165 let it sit for 10 minutes it would have been perfect but that travel time kind of got me a little bit over but that 165 is one yeah i mean uh, yeah i mean i think what i'll do next year is uh, i'll just send kate and the kids if she wants to go somewhere and i'm just going to sit at home and have my own friends giving (laughs) i'm gonna sit here and eat all my turkey by myself sounds amazing the the final note on this son of a i got outdone as the host, oh. my speech concluded. So I gave a formal thank you in speech. Leaders eat last. Everyone go ahead and sat with it. And I was pretty drunk at this point. <laughs> that PT, the middle conversation killer, he sat there and waited for everyone, including me, to get a plate. And then he got up and got his food. Who is this? I'm not naming names. <clears throat> he won up to you. He won up me, and I was, of course, in the in the element. In the the throes of hanging out with my pal Levi, you think he did it on purpose? I don't know. Uh, I think he did. But he's that he's, move. He's never. He's, get- w- he's welcome back. Oh, because now, because <laughs> people noticed. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you this. Um, I think fuck that. 
I have specific cuts of turkey that I want. Mm. And so I know if I go last, I'm not going to get my cuts. So I'm okay. That's why you hang behind and you're cutting for them. (laughs) Oh, you should have this piece. (laughs) So I always cut the turkey and I take the two choice pieces that I want and I put those aside for myself. And in years past, people have taken that plate and I've stabbed them in the hand. <laughs> Be like, don't touch. Me. And now they have nine fingers. Yeah, yeah. I'm fucking. That's how you die real quick. Don't take my turkey. Uh, but I, I think this year, like, uh, I got a bitch and prime rib recipe, and um, I Let's know post. Oh, I will. Um, but uh, Costco does a really good prime rib, so yeah. you can go there. Um, you know, in years past, it used to be pretty reasonable. The problem is with this recent inflation thing on like all these commodities, dude. The meat prices are going to be astronomical, even. Yeah. Uh, like even like even the turkey, it wasn't too bad, but I think I want to pay like uh, three twenty five, three fifty a pound, which is usually double. You know, it's usually around a buck ninety nine, two dollars a pound on a turkey. So I'm kind of a little nervous to see what prime rib is this year. But, yeah, I used to be a kitchen manager, and our restaurant was known for their prime rib. Ooh, yeah. Oh, so Jay nice. Alexander's. That oh one. yeah, yeah. I man, we talk about this. I managed the uh, kitchen in. Uh, oh my gosh. Overland Park, Kansas. Oh, I've, I've eaten at uh, Jay Alexander's in Overland Park. It's excellent. Uh, yeah. The best prime rib, or at least I remember the uh, really good prime rib, is a place called Lowry's mm. where they used to have the beef bowl for the Rose Bowl. I mean, they probably still have it. Where they bring the teams there and they get the Diamond Jim Brady cuts. And there used to be a deal where you could eat as much as you wanted. And then uh, people got mad. Oh, they should be giving that money or giving it to homeless people. So then they only like limited them to one cut. So, But yeah, no, I got a Good, good prime rib recipe. So that might be something to do. All right, team. Let's wrap this up. So high protein. Don't get hammered. Or or if you do get or if you do get hammered, don't eat pie. If you want pie, don't get hammered. What else? Be aware of the appetizers, like all the finger foods. We always have a lot of chips and dip and cheese mm-hmm. and charcuterie. Well, go for the charcuterie. And behavior wise. I will never hate on charcuterie. It, nah, I love it. it. Involve yourself Involve somehow, yourself. some way in the kitchen, whether or just watching the kids and participating. So you're active versus just mm-hmm. empty plate. Feed me. You know the other one. Uh, the, the other big pitfall that I'm finding at, at holiday parties are used to be Brussels sprouts. Used to be a total easy go. Now people have figured out that if they just cook them in bacon grease and like with a whole bunch of crazy stuff, <laughs> yeah. that they're much better. The problem is yeah. now like a like two spoonfuls of like. Brussels sprouts, you've totally exploded your total. You know, you're like, oh, I just had 2,000 calories with the Brussels sprouts right yeah. Like, I don't know. It was probably a pound of bacon in each one. Like, I, like the other day, I, went, I forgot where I was. I got Brussels sprouts. Or when we went, I took a scoop and I was like, holy shit, these things are delicious. And then I realized that they weren't even Brussels sprouts. I just thought it was bacon with some green stuff in it. Yeah, so, and like some balsamic vinegar, and you're just oh, like, this is candy. I can't even talk. My mouth is watering so much. I'm like, it's so good. He's talking to food. That, that, uh, I I think, um, at least for me, uh, because I do enjoy cooking, uh, and I really enjoy like the cooking of meat. Like uh, um, like my wife knows. Like it was funny. She called the other day, and she's like, "Hey, they got some nice steaks at the uh, at the butcher, uh, but I'm not going to buy them unless you cook them because I'm not going to fuck them up." And I'm like, "No problem." So Sunday night, I got done at the shop about seven, came down, like washed my hands, cooked the steaks, and uh, it's just one of those things where. Um, I think like you got to have a little bit of ego and like a little bit of like understanding of like going to the butcher. This is the cut I want. This is how I cook it. 
some different methods, not trying the same thing, like not always going back to the exact same deal, you know, uh, like, um, you know, Casey from Tacticalories in terms of like how to like, you know, what salts this. I mean, I, I think it's, um, it's not, I don't know, like, I'll tell you this. Uh, did you guys watch any of Anthony Bourdain stuff where he, uh, um, on Netflix, did you ever see his, uh, um, uh, what was it, Traveling? Where he would travel, um, fuck, I'm, t- I'm totally dropping the name of it. I've watched it. I don't uh, remember. Yeah, like uh, uh, something Destinations. Yeah, no reservations, but he would travel. Yeah, yeah. What I always appreciated is like the fact like he would go in and just be like, bring me whatever it is. And he would eat whatever. And there was like, uh, you know, like just had like a really intimate understanding of all these different cuisines. And I just thought it was so cool that the dude could just go to any little market, sit like he, like I remember I watched one in Puerto Rico where some gal who was some like local big time chef, like took him to all these like just amazing little like, you know, taco places that were under these little like almost look like shanties. And like as the dude sits down, they bring him over, doesn't even ask what it is, doesn't bat an eyelash, just stuffs it in his face. And it's like, wow. And like has this incredible appreciation. And uh, I just always thought like, dude, that would be great to have that like level of skill. Um, you know, and then people are like, oh, I, I love food. I love to cook. I should be a chef. And then like you were saying, Sam, like working in the, uh, um, like in the kitchen and doing that piece, you see like, it's probably a lot like lifting weights where people are like, man, I love training. I love lifting with weights. I should be a coach or I should be a trainer. And then they get to the other side of this and like, I never want to walk in these fucking places again. So the thing that yeah, I appreciated was- about Anthony yeah. Bourdain is he ran big restaurants and you know, he had the show and was this kind of interesting character. And uh, never never lost the passion for the food, which I think is so neat. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, but I was, you know, twenty two year old running a kitchen with all these like forty year old males. It was it was definitely interesting. And they'd throw me on the line in the middle of the dinner rush, I think, just to make fun of me. But I learned a lot, got a lot of scars. <laughs> yeah, well, that that and also there's a huge difference between the restaurant quality meats. And, uh, like, you know, what we get. So being able to like have that appreciation to be able yeah. to go through it. So no, it's neat. So I think I can send the- some pictures of Sweet. all, I was the butcher. Like that was my job in the morning was to cut all the steaks. And I'm so OCD that I had really good yields. Um, so the, I, it just became my job. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Well, cool. Asked and answered. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in another episode of Power Athlete Radio. Remember, if you're struggling or you're getting to this time of year, you don't know how to uh, navigate these uh, pitfalls and what's coming for you, we have these incredible nutrition coaches. Such a great resource for you guys. So reach on out, book a console, book some, uh, book some time, and see how they can help you going into 2022, but also navigate this time of year. The best time to start is today. So if you need more information, mm-hmm. nutrition at powerathletehq.com. Somebody will get right back to you. And if you have any more questions, you can leave them on the hotline, 929-464-464-0. 929-ing-ing-0. That's Power Athlete Radio Hotline. And if you whip up a ham or a prime rib or your own turkey, tag us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hit us. I got to see this and drool over it. If you can cook and you think that you have the chops to fucking level up with us, tag at Power Athlete HQ, tag uh, at John Walborn. Hashtag serves uh, one. Yeah, at McQuilkin, um, you know, and, uh, you know, the crew here at Nutrition. You can uh, you can tag us. We'll comment on it. But I'm interested to see what your skill set is and what you're working with. So let us know. Have a uh, happy or Merry Christmas and a happy new year for 2021. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll be seeing you in 2022.
Thanks for tuning in to Power Earthy Radio. But we'll be back with more episodes after this as well. We, we're not bridging that gap, but we'll, yeah, we'll be back. Well, we'll say, the, we'll say the same thing in that one too. Merry right. Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2022. <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>